You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, hosted by Dr. Heidi. Dr. Heidi has been exactly where you are right now. She's walked through the fire of toxic relationships and has now dedicated her life to help others do the same. Living in a toxic environment can cause the damaging behaviors of others to become normal, leaving you feeling hopeless and desperate. Learning how to recognize the toxic traits and understand why they occur is the key to taking your power back. Now is the time for you to gain your self-worth because you're worth it. Discover who you really are because you're awesome. And realize it's not normal. It's toxic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Rid your life of toxic people. This is Dr. Heidi. Um, I'd like to welcome you back today for Chapter 2 of Hear From Those Who Have Found Strength Within. Um, Probably a few months ago, maybe several months ago, I did an episode where we featured four of the members from the Strength Within support group, and they told their story and kind of how the group had helped them, and we got a lot of good feedback on that podcast because, of course, they were Strength Within members, but also these people's stories were all in different areas of their journey, and they seem to really touch a lot of the listeners. So today's episode is chapter two of Hear From Those Who Found Strength Within. Now, if you're wondering how to find the support group Strength Within, it is a private support group that I run on Facebook with 4,000 people who are in the same situation as you are. The whole premise behind me creating this support group is we all know that when we are in these situations, we really feel like there's very few people that understand. The people within the support group understand. The support group is very encouraging. It keeps forward motion. We know that there's ups and downs. We know that there's struggles. We know that bad things happen. And the people in this support group are there to support you so that you don't feel alone when you're going through this process. So take a listen to three of our members who found strength within. Hey, Trish, welcome to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Dr. Heidi. I'm happy to be here. Um, We were just talking, we're both kind of snowed in today, so this was the perfect day to do this, I guess. Um, We're not snowed in the same location. We're just snowed in the same storm, maybe, but not the same location. Um, Yes. So we were, we were chit-chatting before we um, started, and I love doing these Strength Within podcasts because I don't get to speak to everybody that's in Strength Within, obviously. So uh, you're one of the ones that, that I've seen your name in there, and I've seen you comment in there, but, but I don't really know that much about your situation. So tell us a little bit about the situation and how, how you found yourself searching for toxic relationship information. So when the pandemic of 2020 started, um, that is when my quote-unquote marriage ended of about 25 years. And um, it was a blessing. 
it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, but I immediately um, started searching for opportunities to learn. Um, I found the word narcissist. I found out there was all sorts of online learning opportunities. And in that, um, I found um, a session of yours that was being offered through something free. And I was listening. Oh, my gosh, this makes so much sense. And and I felt connected. Um, I felt like, oh, there are other people like me who have gone through this. I'm not the only one, which was huge. And then through that, I found the strength within Facebook group. Um, and that really helped me to know that I wasn't imagining things. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't making things up. Um, and that this stuff really does happen to people. Yeah. So that's interesting because, because so you're like me in the fact that you were pretty much out of it before you actually put the time into going, okay, I don't know what that was that I was just in, but now that I can look back now, let's figure out what the situation was. Yes. Yes. And come to find out, you know, you get trauma bonded. Um, <laughs> all this and, and it was just like something hit me in the face and said, Hey, wake up. Mm -hmm. Like, hello. Yes. Yeah, so, and then did you raise kids in that marriage? I, I did. I have two children. Um, they are both of adult age right now. And um, my daughter actually had her first grandbaby in December. So I'm also a grandma. Um, and you know, now looking back, there's lots of healing to do, I think, in those relationships, too, because everything changes when you get out of those situations and you don't realize how much you survived mm -hmm. until you're out. Because when you're in survival mode, you're just going through it. Yeah. But when you get out and, and people <laughs> hear bits and pieces of what I've been through and they're like, seriously? This sounds like a made-for-TV miniseries, and and you don't realize though you have no idea, um, and so it's such a beautiful thing to be with other people who can say, "Yeah, I've been there." You know, the other thing that I think is interesting is when we're in it, we feel like we're so powerless, and we feel like we're so weak. And then when we get out of it, and we yes. we look back, we're like holy crap, we are so strong. Like, how did we even do that? You know? And, but when you're in it, you just feel so hopeless that you, you know, um, so power certainly shift once you can take a step back and, and look at it. So, so where are you at right now? Like what, if you've been out for a, a year and a half, is the divorce final and all of that's done or is that yeah, still? It, it looked it took the full year of 2020 for the divorce to finalize. Um, and I, I mean, it had been over for so long before that, you know, it's weird to think about like, but yes, officially at the end of 2020, um, it was over. Um, I am continuing to heal. It, it's been amazing to me. Like I got through all the stuff that happened in my quote unquote marriage. And then you realize, or at least I realized I had so many childhood things that impacted the why have I entered into what I did as an adult. And right. so it's like the more I healed, the more healing I had to do. Um, so I am still working on that, have followed some alternative um, medicine mm -hmm. paths like Reiki Good. and past life readings, which have been transformational to say the least in, in my healing. And, um, 
I feel good. I have never been so happy. I have never had so many people say to me, boy, Trish, you look really good. You look happy. I don't think anybody ever told me that for 20 years. <laughs> no. And, and of course we, we felt like we were happy or we felt like we were going to show that we were happy. So yes. if you think about, if you think about when you first left, I mean, you knew you had to start healing just because it's so hard for people to know where to start. Like what were yeah. some of the things that, that besides doing the research and doing the reading on, you know, the toxic personality, where, yeah. what were some of the things, if you can think back that you actually started going, okay, now I got to implement this, or I got to implement that. Where'd you start working on yourself? I started journaling every day. Um, and I journaled not the surface level stuff that I had been journaling. I was journaling really what I was experiencing in my body. Um, mm-hmm. what my thoughts were like, cause they rambled for a while. <laughs> um, I spent, and because of the pandemic and I work in education, we got shut down in March of 2020. So I was working from home. So I spent a lot of time outside. I walked and walked and walked. And I mean, I've always like enjoyed exercise, but I, I just spent so much time. I found nature to be the greatest healer. Um, and that really like it, it I needed to be grounded. I was floating I, I just, you know, and I remember in July of 2020, I was outside. And at that point I had started running and all of a sudden I stopped and the colors, I kid you not, of everything I was seeing were tenfold brighter. And it was like this, it was just this immense moment of holy crud. Like I could feel that I was healing and I just had this great sense of clarity. And those I think were the things that helped me the most. Really the pandemic as awful as it was because we were shut down. It was a beautiful thing. <laughs> yes. And I think, you know, there, there has been, you know, good things that certain people's lives got from the pandemic. I was yeah. able to retire and I don't from healthcare. And I don't know that that yeah. would happen. My daughter ended up searching yeah. jobs. So I get that. Do you think that, that when you all of a sudden like started noticing the colors and smelling the smells and stuff like that, do you, do you think it was because you actually had the time and the energy to pay attention and that when you were in it, it was just survival mode and one day to the next. And we don't care what color things are or what things smell like. It's just go, go, go. I, I, I do because reflecting on how I spent, you know, those 20 some years, it was minute to minute, you mm-hmm. know, because you don't know what to expect minute to minute. And now I had the time to go, oh my gosh. And, and, you know, some of the books I was reading too were prompting me to be aware and to notice things and really stay in the now, because I don't think, you know, for those two decades plus, I wasn't ever present. I was there, but I wasn't present. Did you find that, that when you stepped out of it, because the relationship was so chaotic and so dramatic, did you find that when it was peaceful in the beginning, was it, was it uncomfortable for you? Cause you felt like something should be going on or you should be doing something or you should be. <laughs> it, it was. And I still have those moments now. <laughs> Me too. I still do too. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> and I can feel it. Um, but, but absolutely. And you know, the other piece of this is I had to move in with my parents because I was displaced from my home. And while I waited for the divorce to finalize, I was paying half of everything for a house I couldn't live in. So it, that was shocking to an adult woman and her adult age son to have to do that. Um, 
but but yes, that chaos piece, um, you know, I'm out two years now, over two years, and you know, your regular your your system, your regulatory system, I don't know if that's the right word it's still, I find all of a sudden I can feel myself and I'm aware, but I want chaos. And at least I can stop and go, whoa, (laughs) you really don't want chaos. (laughs) Yeah. It it is, it is very weird until, until you think about it. Yeah. Something wasn't going on. My kids would create something going on when they first got out, you know, because they were just so uncomfortable where it was peaceful. Um, so, so, so you've been doing a lot of things. It sounds like that you're, you're very much focused on peace in your life and getting to yes. the point where everything that's coming into your life is bringing more peace into your life. So, and even yes. though I know we have good days and we have bad days and then on the bad days, we think we, you know, now we're back to square one and it's really not like <laughs> yeah. that. We feel like it is. So yes. with all of the stuff that you've done over the last couple of years, what do you find that your biggest struggle is right now? Ooh, it's, I've been so immersed in personal work that I have a hard time putting the personal work aside. Mm-hmm. You know, like every day I'm reading and I'm podcasting and I'm journaling and I'm meditating and I'm, I'm tapping. And my Reiki practitioner looked at me a couple months ago. She goes, Trish, you can take a day off. <laughs> and I have a hard time doing that. And I, I think there's a fear that if I do I'm going to revert to old habits or something's going to go unnoticed. And I'm, I'm just very conscious and aware that, you know, if you don't journal for a day, things are going to be okay. Yeah. And, and you know what some of that may stem from is, is the fact that you always felt like you have to be busy. You, you operated off of a list because when you got up in the morning, there was this list of expectations. So, you know, you operate off of a list. So if you make yourself a list, you know, you're going to do well and you're going to feel successful at the end of the day. But that, that sitting in peace was, was hard for me too. And even to this day, if I'm watching a movie, that's not a romantic comedy, um, I have, I mean, I'm in strength within on my iPad, on my lap while I'm busy, you know, and I'm like folding laundry with my foot or something. Um, But, but I, I, I think that it just, it was so ingrained in me to operate off of a list that I found myself. And I, I still do operate off of a list and, and scheduled much better than if I'm not, Uh, but yes, you have permission to take a day off and, and it, and it won't fall apart. If you could take a day off from all of this, um, really intensive self-care, what would you do? Yes. Ooh, well, let's pretend that the weather in Wisconsin is warm right now, and I would probably spend a whole day just exploring as many parks as I could, getting near water, mm-hmm. hugging trees is one of the greatest therapies I have found. Um, holy buckets, it's amazing. Um, and, you know, might sneak in a massage, maybe yeah. a facial. Yeah, that never used to happen, right? Or, or if you'd sneak one in, you'd lay there the whole time thinking of the list of things that you were supposed to be getting done, and then you couldn't even enjoy it. Yes, and and you saying that, like, I've noticed over the past couple of years, I am now able to be involved in things. Like, if I go get a massage, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm laying there thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'm not thinking about anything." It, yeah, it's like you have all this headspace. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when it gets us into trouble. Cause then we start making businesses and we start, you know, you know 
because <laughs> because we're really bad at that. Yeah, not one be one doing everything perfect and doing everything on time, but we're also one that okay, we've got three minutes left in today. I think I can run a business, maybe a hotel <laughs> or you know. So, so you're you're very much like me because I that's very much I I kept myself busy just doing other things and and it yes. took me really long time to just even there's days um you know I work from home now and I I'm on private calls most of the day well somebody gets sick and they cancel and it's too late to fill in and so I'll sneak out yeah. and, and start a movie or something in the middle of the day and while I'm sitting there I'm like is that like is this even legal like am I <laughs> yes. in the middle of the day you know yes and I'll have to go, it's fine. It's fine. You may sit here. Um, yeah. So I, I understand that. So, so yes. now that, that you're headed down, what, where are you looking to still go? Like what things do you have on your goal list for this healing? Because you're, you're, I mean, you took your healing super seriously. Like you jumped in both feet. Yes. And, and I would say since I was, you know, a child, I take things very seriously. Um, you know, I was the four-year-old trying to rescue every leaf blowing away. So when things get my attention, they have my full attention. Um, I think what my next big thing I'm really working on is trying to find a career that is more aligned to what I am passionate about mm-hmm. um, and being okay with, you know, if I have five more jobs before I retire, who cares? Who cares? Y- yeah. You know, and, and it's that, you know, stems from long ago childhood things to more recent things, but being okay with that and, and really trying to lean into what makes me feel warm. Yes, and, and so you seem to have gotten to a place, and, and again, we, we just now started talking, but it almost feels like you're at a place where you feel like, you know, really, no matter what happens, you, you know that you'll be able to be okay, regardless. Isn't that yes. the best feeling? It's, it's amazing. Like, even a year ago, I think I would have went, what? You want to switch careers? And now I'm like, bring it on. Like bring on a change, bring on something that I'm going to be able to invest myself in and have an observable impact on. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, you'll learn too, because, because now I know we're, we're programmed very much the same. You'll learn that if, if something's not changing, you're not growing. So you'll get anxious when something's not changing. Yeah. That's exciting. Yes, and, I, and I think that's where I'm at. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it's time for something different. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, so now since, since we're kind of talking about the strengths within group. Um, mm-hmm. What, after you joined that group, what, what right now, like, what is one of the things that stands out as like your favorite thing about being in that group? Oh gosh. Immediately. I felt like somebody sees me like I didn't. And it took me a long time to comment. It took me a long time to respond to anybody. Like I would just read and read and read and read but I'm like, all of these people, like they get it, they get it. And that was such a beautiful thing because real life, the majority of people that I was surrounded with didn't get it. Right. It, and they didn't know how to support. So a lot of times that support was unhealthy support or judgmental support. 
And it just, you know, I could keep going back to the group and just reading like, oh gosh, I've been there. Oh gosh, I've been there. Oh gosh, I've been there. So, so if you can pinpoint something and, and you may not remember this, so if you don't have an answer, that's fine. But <laughs> something that you, you learned from the group that if you wouldn't have been in there, you wouldn't have realized it, or you wouldn't have learned it, or you wouldn't have adopted that type of thinking. I, I think that the thing that I took away immediately when I started reading and, and just from inferring what people were talking about, like it sucks right now. It sucks right before you leave. It's so hard. It's so scary. It's, you know, but it gets easier. Mm-hmm. And, and that just kept, that kept coming up over and over and over again. And, and it's so true. It does get easier and it gets easier in small increments quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not not difficult, but holy buckets personally, you feel there's weight gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's indescribable to be in a situation and then removed from that and the immediate physical release that you get. Yeah. And you know what, that's something that, that even if you try to explain it to somebody, they, they won't, they won't know how it feels until they feel it, you know? Yes. And and that's another thing with that is like, I always tell people, and you, you probably know this too. We don't leave these relationships until we are ready to leave. It doesn't matter how many people tell us, you know, how many people, whatever, we're not going to leave until we leave. And, and us being able to experience that weight off our shoulders, you're not going to experience that either until you actually do it. We can all tell you that that's how you feel. Yes. But, you yeah. know, you'll, but so, so I always ask this, what do you, do you feel like once you get past and you're onto your new career and you're onto your new stuff, do you feel like you would stay in that group because of the encouragement that then you could turn around and pay back? Cause I, I know sometimes I, you kind of get to where, okay, I got to step out of this because we've had enough of, of this type of thing. I, I do. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to show you this and I know not everybody's going to see it, but I have a tattoo on my arm and it says to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. And that is a driving force in everything that I do. And I have found myself going back into the group, especially as I just, I'm on a different, I feel like I'm in a different universe right now. Um, And I feel like I can say something, I can post a comment and I feel like this person is going to be helped or feel supported or feel seen or feel heard. And I like, it's not a sense of, I owe something, but I know how that feels to have somebody see you and hear you. And, and I want to be able to provide that because there is nothing that doesn't suck about of coming out yeah. of any situations. Yes. And I, I, I really felt too, like, like when, when I could lift somebody else up that really forwarded yes. my healing a lot too. Yes. I, I could not agree more. Yeah. And that'll be good too, because you, you know, you've chosen some healing paths that are, that were a lot different than, than the ones I did, you know, yes. and everybody's different in there. So, so you being able to go, well, try this or try this, or maybe this, that's, that's, yeah. that's great. So if there's, if there's one thing that you would want to tell the listeners, I mean, you've already told them a lot of things, <laughs> uh, but if there's one thing that you could tell the listeners that are today sitting there going, oh my gosh, there's another one that did it. And here I'm still sitting here doing this. Mm-hmm. 
find a space to sit and breathe. And it's going to be tough at first, but if you can find a space and you can even breathe for five seconds with a clear head, you're going to be able to do it longer the next day. And once you find yourself in that space where you can breathe, you're going to be able to start listening to your heart more than your head because our heads <laughs> lead us in the wrong directions. <laughs> like it's, it's unbelievable. It, it, I know how difficult it is. I really do. And I, I do think that that was pivotal for me, just being able to sit and it's just be being still. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Now, um, obviously, you're in Strength Within. People may find you in there, so that would be great. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah. I appreciate your input, and it was it was nice to meet you. Oh, I, I'm so glad we had a chance to talk, Heidi. This was absolutely fabulous. Yes, you too. And I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be not only inspired by, by the fact that you left, but be inspired by the effort that you put in. And even if it's just been trial and error um, on, on healing, even if you didn't know how to do it, you just started somewhere. And I think that's going to be big. For people. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Sam, welcome to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it is kind of exciting. And, you know, I do a lot of these podcasts by myself. So when I, when I record these, I get, I get super excited and I get super excited, especially when it's somebody that I already know, um, yeah. because, you know, a couple of the people that I, I talked to today, I, I didn't know. So I didn't know anything about their situation until we started talking. And, and then sometimes, you know, they've got my jaw dropped open and I get to hear the story for the first time, just like everybody else. But I also like being able to know um, enough about you that I can see, because we haven't talked for a few months, I, I can already tell a difference in the way you look, which I know you probably think that is strange, um, but there's, so for the listeners who can't see her, I have her on video right now, but she's got this new glow to her. So I'm excited to hear what's been going on different in her life. So um, Sam, when we first met, you were in a little bit different spot than a lot of people are when they when they first meet me, um, you had already left. The divorce was already final when you and I um, uh, got to know each other. So tell us a little bit about, you know, about that type of situation. Um, I'm guessing, you know, we, we could talk about the marriage, but pretty much people probably already assume that, but, but where you came to be was a little bit different. So tell us about that and, and kind of where you are now. Yep. So, um, I had found your podcast a little later throughout my separation. I believe I was already divorced when I stumbled upon it. So I had kind of already done some of the beginning part of healing and researching how to get better and what I'm going through. So by the time I got to you, um, I was already separated. The divorce had already been for a while, trying to co-parent, got through some of the highs and lows of that. Um, but was still stuck and not out of it like I thought I would be after the divorce was final. And so that is what I needed help with, just getting clearer on how to co-parent with somebody once the, 
the dust has settled and, and the expectations. And, yes, and it's it's interesting because I think, you, now you and I did have this in common. We have the diverse papers in our hand and we think, yes, this is gonna be so much better now. And then it it doesn't really feel like it gets any better. And we still have a pain in our stomach when they call or when they show up or when they need to talk about something. And we're still avoiding conflict with them and we're still, you know, walking on eggshells around them. And, and so we, we lose the whole momentum of, yay, I finally made the step to do this. And, and now <laughs> here I sit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember me thinking, okay, well, I guess I'm divorced, but now this is what I'm doing till the kids are 18. Yeah. It was a reality. It was depressing. <laughs> yeah. The reality, I thought it would be different when I finally got past that divorce day and it wasn't it was the same like the same drama and conflict from him and it'd been for months after the divorce was final so I was really looking for how do I get my my voice back and my life back to the point where we can co-parent but I'm not hanging on every I don't have to answer every phone call or every text and if I don't do what he says at the drop of a hat, life, you know, everything isn't going to fall apart. So that's where I was shocked that just because you're divorced and you went through like the hardest divorce and separation ever, right. it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't what I expected. I, it was still hard. Mm-hmm. And then until I put my foot down and really spoke up for myself, nothing changed. Yeah. And, and that is validation that when, when, we decide to end a relationship or change the dynamic of it to the toxic personality. It doesn't have anything to do with the relationship. It has to do with their feeling of control over you. And Mm -hmm. so if they can still control you, even though you're not in a relationship, then why would, why would they change anything? They're still getting what they need from you. And I think that's something you and I, like when we stepped out of it, we didn't realize that that was the concept. We thought, okay, good. Now we're out. And, and um, we learned the hard way that that's, that's not how it works. So, so when, when Sam found me, that's basically what she was struggling with because she, she didn't really see any options on how am I supposed to do this until the kids are grown and still be able to move forward in my life. So tell, tell us kind of what were the things that you started implementing that you, even though it was, even though there was flare-ups when you, when you started implementing this stuff, what were the things that you started doing different um, to change the dynamic of him being in control all the time. Yeah. The, the biggest one was I told him, you know, this isn't working through texting and, and we're going to email and I'm blocking you, which was really hard to do. Blocking him was scary. And I didn't think I could do it. <laughs> like I, like almost it felt illegal to block him, but when the kids were with him, I, there was other ways that I could contact them, but you know, they're normally with him and it's okay, but I, I did it and it was fine. Like I, I made him um, only email me and, and I didn't drop everything to read the email or to respond to it. I took time and made him wait it out, which really gave back my voice and my my boundaries, you know, and telling them, if you don't respect my boundaries, then I can't keep doing this, this text message thing with you, where you feel like you can call and text whenever you want. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I mean, that was the, yeah. And I think, I think you're right with the email because we're so programmed to, Oh, they text me. I have to text them back or if they emailed me, I have to email them back because, because in, in our history, if we didn't, there was conflict or what were we doing? Or we were accused of something. And so one, it's breaking the habit of you reacting, but what you just said too, it also gives you time to go, okay, I'm going to check that at seven o'clock tonight. And it gives you time to get yourself in the right mindset, knowing that there might be stuff in there that's, you know, degrading or name calling or, you know, nitpicking, but you, you can get the right mindset to kind of pretend all that stuff is invisible. And then just answer the questions about the kids or the drop-offs or the pickups. And you found out very quickly that that was a lot more peaceful for you. It was peaceful and it was, it was good. It was good for him to realize like I had had enough and he can't, you know, the consequence of treating me that way was email, which is not, it's not satisfying for him. Right. It, and and you it can t- tell that immediately. Yeah. And part of that is with the text, he's got your attention. The, they yeah. have your, you know, they have your attention 24 hours a day. So, so when you first told him that you were going to email, what was his reaction? And I know that you were of course scared of his reaction because we're always scared in the beginning. I don't think he believed me in the beginning that I was going to do it. He, cause he wouldn't. And I remember messaging you, he's not getting that there's emails. And he was saying like, you know, well, you didn't respond about this or that. Well, I, it was in the email that he's blatantly ignoring on purpose. Um, so the only way that it got through to him was I, I had to block him so that he knew I was serious. And he was, he was quite upset because to him, uh, and he would make all sorts of threats. There was something I had to tell you, but you blocked me. So I guess you're not going to know what happened with the kids, mm-hmm. which is, it was just smoke and mirrors. I mean, nothing was wrong with them. And if something was wrong, my kids would tell me, you know, even a six-year-old can tell, tell you if something's going on. So I wasn't, I, once I just realized the, you know, the threats were empty, like real empty, mm-hmm. it was fine. Like, and it worked and it worked, it worked for a long time to get him to understand the boundaries and the respect. And I did end up going back to text messaging like after a month or two, but now if he acts up or if it's too much, or I remind him, I will block you again. <laughs> I have no problem. I will even go through emails. I'm not scared. It was yeah. just fine you know? So, and I think one of the things too, when, when we, when we think about blocking them and we feel like it's illegal or we're scared, I think we're worried that if there's an emergency, how are we going to know? And I, I remind people, everybody has a cell phone now. Like if there is an emergency, I promise, you know, you will know because that, that always scared, always scared me also. So, so it was been a few months now since I knew that you had, had um, unblocked him and have been able to pretty smoothly conduct the communication, you know, through there. If like you said, it doesn't go well, you switch back. So, so where are you finding your biggest struggle now? Because I think that, that, I mean, blocking him was a hurdle, but you actually realizing that, that you had the power to do that, I think was one of the biggest things. And you know what, you were funny too, because um, you literally just took what I said and ran with it. And you were like, okay, 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 I'll do it. And, and it all worked. And I think that you were actually surprised that it worked. 
I was. I mean, I felt, I felt if you said I could do it, <laughs> if it was okay, <laughs> and just to try it. And I, I don't know why. There was definitely a comfort with like, hey, Heidi says I can do this. I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna follow through. I'm gonna see what happens. And and um, you know, there was definitely lots of threats. He was going to um, go back to court and get a restraining order. I mean, it was some like crazy stuff that. I just had to keep reminding myself wasn't possible. And if I could get a divorce from him, I could, I could get yeah. through that too. And he never did a thing, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we always revert to the worst thing that can happen. So sometimes you have to go, okay, well, wait, what is the worst thing that can happen? Because usually the worst thing that, that could happen normally doesn't, not that it never does. But then, then when you figure out the worst thing that could happen, it's probably still easier than being married to him. So it, it takes the perspective down a lot. And it's, it's super empowering. So, so where you are now, what, what is your biggest struggle with, you know, with the, what's going on with him and the, you know, the communication between the two of you? You know, we're, we're really communicating well. Um, it really is centered around the children. It, and it really is um, focused and driven on them. Um, my biggest hurdle is I kind of, for, I forget that he can't be my friend right now. I keep, I kind of forget that. So I, I go back and forth and then I remind myself, we can't be friends yet. It really has to be co-parenting. Yeah. Um, but that's the only hard part is just kind of remembering it's friend, it's not friends, it's yeah. co-parenting. Um, but that's really, I mean, once I got through that and, and now that I know I can just block them. Um, that's, that, that's easy. You know, I really feel, I really feel like I'm on the other side of all of that. My biggest struggle is just not repeating bad relationships mm -hmm. and really sticking to my guns on boundaries. And when I feel like something's bad, it's bad. But I, one thing I've learned, Heidi, is I have a very high tolerance for toxic people. And mm -hmm. I, I accept bad behaviors at a very high level that is almost not normal um, and, or definitely not healthy. So just knowing that and doing something about it has been my, my number one focus. You know, I didn't get divorced from a toxic person just to repeat that again. So what do you find, what do you find is your biggest hurdle there is that, that you, you're caring and you want to take care of people. So you, you bypass. I, the I, red I, think, I think I find comfort in toxic relationships. It's, it definitely stems from having a toxic father and that's the relationship I only knew growing up and still to this day. And that is what I'm comfortable with. And that's what I'm used to. So yeah. just break it might not be that you're comfortable with as much as that's what you're familiar with. Yes. So, familiar. so it's always, you know, because after you get in them, you're not comfortable because that's when no. you start going, I want to get out of them. So it's, it's more that this is what you're familiar with. So you don't, you don't see that behavior as, you know, yeah. maybe harmful in the beginning, because I know that you were dating somebody for a while and, and you chose yourself when you started seeing the things that made you uncomfortable and you ended that. So that I, I did, but I went back a couple more times and that's when I was like, dang it, I'm, I'm doing all the things that I, I don't want to do. And so I've, I've really made a huge 
stride and step just to really be confident that that's not what I want and that's not healthy. So when, so when, and you might not have a specific answer for this, but so when, when you all of a sudden realize, okay, I just stepped into something I shouldn't, and I know that I need to take care of myself. How, how do you remind yourself that this is what's best for me? So I need to change something. Um, well, I refuse to go backwards. I refuse to do it all over again. Even if that means that I'm alone, I, I just refuse to do it all over again. Um, but my biggest, my biggest, um, like the, the biggest part of knowing what I need to do is I just want better for my children. I don't want them to have that. And just, I just keep reminding myself it, it has to be a good relationship for them as well. Yeah. And, and you have to remember too, that, that your kids haven't really seen a healthy relationship. That was a big motivator for me. This is, this is, this is all my kids know of a relationship. And, and so, you know, that, that makes you strive. So I'm so proud of you because I know, I know that this has been a ton of self-work for you. And again, I said, when we got on first on the phone, I haven't heard you from you for a few months. And so that tells me that, that you're holding your own and you're making decisions and you're, you're taking care of yourself. So, um, so that's huge for me. And obviously you know how to find me, but, um, it's all about, it's all about, you know, we worry about trusting everybody else. Well, I don't know if I can trust them or how do I trust again? And you're really learning that the only person you have to trust is you. You just have to trust that, that you will take care of yourself when a situation that's not best for you comes up. And I think, I think you're getting better at that. It's not a light switch. If it was, you know, we would, we would flip it. Um, um, but I do think that, that you're recognizing yourself and the, and the choices that you actually have and the options, you're doing a great job of that. Thank you. So, and I know that you have been in the Strength Within group for a while. What is your favorite thing about being in that group? My favorite thing is just reading other people's stories and fe- not feeling alone, mm-hmm. you know, or feeling isolated with this um, and not feeling you know, like a fool, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. college educated. I should know better, but I didn't. And that, and that I can get out of it and that I can move forward with my life. Um, that I don't have to do it again. Yeah, for sure. Is there, is there something that, that you remember reading in the group and learning from the group that you wouldn't have learned if you wouldn't have been in there? I think more just that I'm not alone. I just, I didn't realize there were other people out there that, that had been going through what I went through. I know you, you really feel like, am I the only one who has a marriage like this? Yeah. Like, cause when you look, when you look at other people, it all looks, everybody's looks good. So how, yeah. how am I, maybe I'm just ungrateful. Maybe I'm this, maybe I'm, um, and you know, that's, that's the community we wanted to create there. So if you could tell the listeners something to encourage, what, what would you say? Oh my gosh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There really is. I mean, it's it'll be three years for me in August and I just can't believe I, I'm on the other side and, and how much happier I am. Yes, that's <laughs> so much happier. Never thought it was possible. And I, I always look around my house and I feel so grateful for all the things in here because I, 
everything in here has come since the divorce because I left with nothing. And I'm just so grateful that I did it and I, I made it out mm-hmm. and I'm so much healthier and happy. And my kids are finally, they're doing so well yeah, and they're so happy. And we have our moments. They're still like, you know, mom, I'm sad about the divorce, you know, and I say I'm, I am too, but we're so happy. I'm so happy. And my happiness really, I can't be a good mommy unless I'm happy. Yeah. And you, you probably figured this out. You know, we worry about our kids a lot. And when we're going through the divorce and you're going through that first, you know, post year, um, we get very upset and we notice that our kids are upset. And I think we had talked about it. If, if mom is okay, the kids are okay. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Completely true. If I'm happy and healthy and taking care of myself, they see it and I can take care of them. Yep. That's and it's huge. just been, it's just been, I'm so blessed that I, I finally left. I finally did it. And you're right. Nobody says, nobody regrets. I mean, I, I haven't looked back. I haven't looked back at all. I know. And it's such, such a good feeling. The last person that I was talking to said she couldn't believe like the weight that she felt, you know, lift. And that's something that you can't describe until you've done it. So, well, thank you for being here today and taking the time to speak with me. Um, I know that, that your story will resonate because I know there's people out there that, that have gone through the divorce and, and now feel like maybe they should have stayed because the post-divorce is just as bad. So I'm, I'm certain that your story and the things that you said is going to resonate with many. So I appreciate, stay in touch with me. Obviously, I like to hear the good stuff. Yes, I will. Thank you. Thank you for all, all that you do. The, the podcast and the support group completely changed my life and helped me. Well, you're welcome. I, it's, it's the best job I could ever have. Yes, so we will, yes, we'll talk to you soon, Sam. Bye. Hey, welcome back to um, the second chapter of Hear from Those Who Found Strength Within. And we had done one chapter of this podcast a few months ago, and it was very, very popular. So yet again today, we've got Donovan with us. Donovan, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm pleased that, uh, to be on, the, on your podcast. And, and I just was talking to Donovan before the show and I was trying to plan what I was saying. And then I thought, you know what? I wing it on every podcast. So we're, we're, we're winging it today. And, and I know that sometimes when I have guests on, the guests are nervous. I, I promise you, this guy is probably not, not nervous. Um, Donovan is a strong member of the Strength Within community. And um, I can't exactly remember how you found me, but if you can just tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, how and maybe why you you were searching for this type of thing and where you are in your journey right now? Well, um, probably like 100% of us in here, I was uh, dealing with some toxic people in my life. And I um, had a job where I get to listen to radio and podcasts and music all day long, uh, as long as it was a reasonable volume. But um, I found your podcast kind of by accident. Um, it's not normal. It's toxic. And I was like, huh, 
I like this. And then I liked your intro too. It was, you know, rock and roll. And so I thought, this yeah. is cool. This is cool. It's not, it's, 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 uh, I felt like it was going to be a down to earth and it was, it was a down to earth, very, um, logical, um, explanation of just what I was dealing with. And just about everything you said, I was like, Oh my gosh, that is me. That's me. Oh man, that's me. I experienced the same thing and I didn't feel so alone anymore. Uh, so that's when I joined the Facebook page and by the way, congratulations on what is it? 4,000 now? Yeah, I think it's pushing about 43. 4,300 people. A little over That's, four. Which, yeah. which, which that was funny because when I started that, I actually had it called something else in the beginning. And, and right now it was so long ago, I, I don't re recall, but it was supposed to be set up as a temporary two month support group. And I had set it up to just be a support group through the Christmas holiday season. Mm -hmm. And then I fully intended to close it. Um, yeah, after two months, people were saying, please don't close this, please don't close this. So that's when I changed the name to Strength Within. And of course, you've seen what it's done over the last couple of years. So I'm super thankful everything happens like it's supposed to because I hadn't planned on keeping it. And it's been not only a blessing to the people that are in it, but it's been a huge blessing to me because I get to meet all these cool people that I would have never known were out there. Indeed, indeed. And you're such an inspiration. Your story is 100% real. And it, you know, you can tell in how you uh, lead the, the uh, Facebook group and in your podcast. Um, total thumbs up for me. It's a, I, um, well, dealing with yeah, dealing with toxic people is how I got on there. And then from there, I was just started studying, doing my own studying, becoming, becoming my own advocate and studying uh, about this terrible um, mental illness of, you know, that uh, narcissism and toxicity that we meet up every single day. I was just, I didn't realize how many times I uh, ran upon toxic people in my life. Mm -hmm. I just kind of pointed the finger at just a, a few, but they come out of the woodwork. They're keen, keen uh, uh, manipulators and stuff. And, and I was like, the more I knew, the better prepared I was going to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what, that's what I teach. We feel like we have to be on guard, but it's because our personality is going to attract them. So, so, so I'm sensing that, that in your experience, you have had more than one toxic relationship dynamic, like uh, yes. possibly, possibly family, possibly intimate partner, possibly friends is, am I correct in, in. Yes. Yes. I, I think if I was to make a list of toxic, people that are quote unquote family, it would probably outweigh the um, toxic people that just sort of meander into my life. Okay. So um, that's, and yeah. that's a, that's a huge struggle for people because family, as we know, is not quite as easy to break up with or, you know, go no contact with or cut off for a while while you heal. Family is a, you know, it's a big deal. So, so where are you at in, in like, like your journey now, what is the biggest thing you're struggling with? Because I know you've been working very hard and you've come a long way. I have, and I would just, you know, uh, toot my own horn and say that the only, the only, the only way I was going to get through this and to understand better was to understand myself better. Mm -hmm. And 
as I, you know, I got into therapy and um, started doing yoga and just started being like in this guy, Donovan, this guy, Donovan had so many wonderful qualities that he wanted to express, but for so long, he was stifled by what, what somebody else said. And so, so I just, I, I, I started to dig a little deeper, a little deeper into what makes me tick and whatever. And so, I so come up with I come up with a saying. I say uh, all the time, um, if I'm the one that's doing all the healing, then it's only fair that I get to choose who's in my circle. Yes, for sure. So, can I ask you a question? Just because the, the listeners are going to want to know this, sure. when you when you say I started to dig a little deeper, we we know that we have to do that. What steps did you take to start you on that digging deeper journey? Because because a lot of people just don't know where to start on that. Well, um, I had, I had to face some, some ugly truths, you mm -hmm. know, I, I'd go way, way back to how I was treated, you know, growing up, you know, of the toxic people in my life there. And then I had to make some kind of amends with it. I had to make amends with it. I couldn't, mm -hmm. and I'm learning not to do things, excuse my French, half-assed anymore, because mm -hmm. half-assed bites me right in the ass. So I've got to do it all the way on purpose with a purpose these days and um forgive forgiving those who hurt me even if i don't remember exactly what they did but uh that was that was key right there mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah. you've heard me say before and you'll agree with me on this um only because we have talked before but you know when, when we have to forgive somebody, it's, it's not that we're forgiving their behavior. Forgiveness is for us so that we can move forward. And sometimes we have to forgive by accepting an apology that we're never going to get. And that's, exactly. that's a big step for sure. Exactly. And apologies to me um, are only valid when, when um, change of behavior yes. uh, comes along with it. Because i uh, current my current toxic person uh in my life has apologized a thousand times for the same thing and i thought my bleeding heart oh well she's gonna try she's gonna try and then it doesn't happen and then i kick myself in the butt for for believing another word of it so i've just had i really had to just kind of raise the bar a little bit on my expectations of people but this allowed me to listen closer to my heart and what I desire mm -hmm. in my relationships, my personal relationships and, you know, relationship with myself, because you've got to start with self. You've spent yeah. too many years trying to fix something that wasn't your business to begin with. And now you you're left with just you. When you wake up, when you first open your eyes, it's all you. Yeah. And I think a big part of that too is, uh, you know, accepting them for who they are, because we want them to change and we hope that they'll change so that the relationship feels easier to us. And once you can actually just go, that's who they are. That's what they do. I have to accept it because I can't control it. That was super freeing for me. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to move on and continue to do what they do, but I don't necessarily have to participate. And once, once you kind of wrap your head around that, that's who they are thing. It, it really kind of builds a wall around the fact that, but I don't have to let it affect me the way I used to let it affect me. Exactly. So, so like, 
like what what right now you're you know you're putting a lot of work in and you're you're learning a lot about yourself and you're asking yourself where you want your life to look at what do you feel like your biggest struggle is like on the days you know you have five good days and then all of a sudden oh we have a day that's not so good what is it that makes that day of yours uh not so good because you've messaged me on a few days that i have i have and i i admit i uh have a high functioning um anxiety and don't let the high functioning fool you um high functioning uh people with high functioning anxiety have a hard time saying no they take yep. on too, too damn much and and um, before you know it they're just overwhelmed so recognizing my triggers mm -hmm. for one i know we're kind of getting off beat there but recognizing the things that trigger me mm -hmm. literally when my phone rings i have just a few seconds to decide whether or not that person is going to get my energy. And if I don't feel like it, I don't have to answer the phone. It's just really just kind of taking each minute by minute, living minute by minute on purpose with a purpose, takes your mind off the toxic person and allows you to, to re-envelop your being, how you, the qualities that you possess and always possess, but somehow you've put them on the back burner for somebody else. Yeah, and I think we get so used to reacting that it used to be when the phone rang, you answered it before, you know, before you even probably looked at it because we're so used to reacting so we can take care of everything for everybody else. So that's, that is huge. And, and you know, I've gotten to the point in my life too where if, if, it's, if it's not hell, yes, it's no. Because that, that keeps me on, on track for doing the things that I know are good for me and where I'm headed. Right. Boundaries. So that was number two, forgiveness and then setting some boundaries, some real boundaries for mm -hmm. myself and real boundaries for, for how I want to be treated. And, and, and uh, that meant separating myself from, from, from people that say they love me. So, so let family. me ask you this, when you set that boundary, what type of reaction did you get from the people you set boundaries with? Oh, that I was mean and that I was um, gaslighting and that I was all these, uh, mm -hmm. all these traits that they possess themselves. I was, I was uh, not getting my way, um, that I'm being a wuss, all this, I mean, the name calling, the labeling, it just, I just had to let it roll off my back, man. You know, it just, it just um, didn't make sense to me anymore after a while. I'm like, you're saying all these things, but I just don't feel it. I just don't feel what you're saying to me is like true. Right. And, and you probably used to not even put enough thought into thinking they weren't true. You just thought, well, if they're saying them, they must be true. So I better work harder on, on, you know, getting their approval. Exactly. And high functioning anxiety, people just work with themselves to death trying to please everybody. So I've. Um, so now we work uh, ourselves to try and please you. So, so where, yes. like, where do you, uh, I know that, you know, right now you're paying a lot of attention to, to where you are right now and, and taking, you know, soaking up the things that you need to absorb so that you're making the right decisions and you're taking care of yourself. But do you, do you have a future goal? Do you have something like, you know, this is where I am right now with 
this type of situation, but I want to be able to be here. Do you have, um, do you know where you're going with some of that or you're just kind of letting it play out? I think it's kind of, kind of played itself out now. I've got a healthy set of boundaries that I, that I stick to and I'm comfortable with now. Sometimes bed setting boundaries is so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've discovered in my healing um, that I make a pretty good mentor to a, um, a lot of my friends and um, a lot of people in the group to mm-hmm. uh, I've discovered that they they commented and told me how wonderful my words are and I'm so humbled by that you know yeah so so that actually leads me to the next thing because we're we're talking about um the strength within group which for those of you who don't know that that's a support group that I run on Facebook and obviously Donovan is a member of that so Donovan what what is your favorite thing about that group where you are right now uh, about the Facebook group yeah um, I love to see all the new faces and um, and I love the positivity that is just exchanged. There's no judgment. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of an oxymoron when you say there's no judgment on Facebook, but there's no judgment on this page. I don't feel that there's judgment. I feel that people are true and they're also learning by the advice that they give to others. They say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. that applies to me too. And they're so we're all learning from each other. We're not alone. And I love that. I love that camaraderie between, between all of us from all over the, all over the world. You know, it's just, it's really exciting to me. And I'm sure it is for you as well. It, you know, it is exciting because when, when you're in it and when you're dealing with this, you, you, I remember when I was in my former marriage, I literally thought I must be the only one on the planet that is feeling this inside their marriage. Oh, yes. <laughs> You know, because, because when you look from the outside, looking in, everybody else's looks just fine. And now, now all of us know, yeah, we know why we pretend it's fine, but what is something that you yourself learned from being in the group? I've learned to take my time. I've learned that it's okay if we fall backwards and, you know, go from no contact to contact, Mm -hmm. uh, seeing each other again and then no contact again i mean we all have our place where we want to be and this group just provides um that that different angle of approach because we tend to do things that are familiar in our life and we you know that's why we end up back where we started because in my life anyway i did it half ass i didn't do it all the way and now I've decided that hey, I'm going to do things differently and get a different result. And I learned that from this Facebook page that I've seen, I've seen some, some new people on there um, that have just grown exponentially. And it's, I want to just sound the horn and ring bells and congratulate them because it's huge. Cause I, you and I both know where we came from. We were yeah. once in that, in that that boat the same boat that seemed like it was sinking and yep calm waters thank you lord (laughs) um and you know when you talk about how uh encouraging that group is you know i work i work really hard i don't i don't want a support group that is bashing the toxic people i don't want a support group that's focused on that 
I want a support group where there's a community that is actually supportive. And, and we've, we've all experienced that. And even though we don't know these people, we feel like we know these people because we already know their situation. Um, so, so on my little list of questions that I was going to ask the people that I'm interviewing for this particular podcast, um, the question was, so once you're past this chapter in your life, do you see yourself staying in this group to be an example and encourage others? However, in Donovan's situation, I'm not giving him the option to <laughs> remove himself from the group. Um, as you know, um, there's, there is quite a few males in that group and, you know, females always talk more than males, uh, but, but you are a great example. And I, I already know, because we've talked about it, that you have found that in encouraging people, it is also helping your healing. So I have no doubt that you're going to stay in there. Am I correct? You better believe it. You better believe it. <laughs> I have so so Donovan, if you if you could tell the listeners one thing, um, something that would be encouraging, or um, another thing that you've learned, or just something powerful, what what would you tell them? I just um, I just want to tell them um, that I understand mm-hmm. where they're coming from. I understand their hurt and their pain, but go through it. Choose your hard. It's going to be hard either way. Choose your hard. And I promise you, I promise you, you do the work and uh, you're going to, you're going to feel the results just in your life. This things just started to start changing exponentially. You start meeting new people that are positive and that are, that are on your team. You know, uh, just keep going, keep going. If it's day one, tomorrow's day two, and then next month is day 30. So keep going. You're worth it. Every bit of it. And, and the other thing, you have a good point there. You know, we go through day one and we go through day two and we get to day 30 and all of a sudden we feel like we're back to day one. Remember that you're not back to day one. It's just a speed bump. You know, even if you go back into that relationship or you, if you step into another one, you've still already learned way more and you have to remember how far you've come. So, so don't let yourself feel like, oh, I'm back to day one because it's, it's never back to day one, regardless. Yes, that's, that's true. I, any little bit of progress is still progress. You can't erase progress. Yes. You just keep Sometimes we just need a reminder of our progress. And that's what this wonderful group is for. Yeah, and Donovan, I have to also tell you thank you because there's been times that um, I've had something going on and it's the middle of the night and I see Donovan online. And so there's been a couple of occasions that Donovan himself has gotten dumped on by Dr. Heidi because there was nobody else out there. And so I wanted to thank you for that because you know you inspire people in the group and you always have been able to talk me through things that I have had questions on, or I felt I was slipping on or um, upset about something. So I wanted to just personally thank you for that. And I appreciate you for taking the time to speak with me today. I'm sure the listeners um, appreciate it also. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Yes. And I'm sure that your story is going to be inspiring to many Uh, people who are in the Facebook group have already figured out who you are. So don't be surprised if you don't get some messages. Come and get some.
Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with others. Looking for a community that understands? Join our Facebook support group, Strength Within. For more information on all the services Dr. Heidi provides, please visit www.coachingwithdrheidi.com. It's time for you to break free because it's not normal. It's toxic.